The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the Business Locker Room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome into the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. The Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business starting today. No need to wait because the kind of content that we get on the show are things you're going to want to use to go back into your business workplace and do something with. Find us online at bizlockerroom.com. And by the way, coming uh, in the next week or two, a change there, by the way, bizlockerradio.com. I'm excited about that. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riggs. And of course, if you've got any kind of questions or suggestions for guests or anything else, Send me an email, Kelly at bizlockerroom.com. I am really excited. We got a fantastic show lined up today. Marissa Levin is going to join us shortly. But uh, online with me now, on the, on uh, the other side of the line, is Dan Clark. And Dan is, uh, Dan is, uh, well, I, I'm going to embarrass him, but Dan is a bit of a legend. I mean, he is the master motivator. The guy has been all over the world, done extraordinary things, and he's going to be on the show with me next week. And he calls in this week, and uh, we do a little bit of a preview of what's coming just one week from today. Dan, great to have you in the show. Thanks for joining me in the locker room. How are you, Kelly Riggs, my hero? <laughs> yeah, well, you say it in jest. I say it for real. I've had the opportunity to listen to you speak, and your fantastic book, The Art of Significance, is uh, one of my favorites and on the must-read list for anybody that I talk to. Dan, you, you've got an incredible career You've been all over the world. You've done in, uh, incredible things. You've been in the presence of world leaders and all kinds of things, and, and it's just a joy to have you and, and to hear you talk. One, one of the things that you said in a, uh, a presentation that I heard last year was that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That really had an impact on me. Explain a little bit about it. Well, when you put a hard-to-catch horse in the same filter, then easy to catch horse. Most of the time, you end up with two hard-to-catch horses. When you put a healthy child in the same room with a sick child, most of the time you end up with two sick children. Moral of the story, to be disciplined, healthy, and significant, you got to hang around with the disciplined, healthy, and significant. If you hang around with five broke people, there's a good chance you're going to be broke. If you hang around with five negative people, there's a good chance you're going to be negative. So Max Lucado said we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. So in my book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success, what I've done is I've challenged the status quo and challenged the, the 12 principles of success that make us all successful. 
and I've replaced them with what I call the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership. And I just barely got off my talk show circuit, you know, doing my book tour. And the most frequently asked question was, Clark, how did you come up with this provocative title, The Art of Significance Achieving a Level Beyond Success? Because this is the business locker room, let me just quickly share this experience. One of my teammates, I played football for 13 years until I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed for 14 months. 16 doctors told me I'd never get any better. And as I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And that's when I became a professional speaker and started to write books and songs. And one of my teammates was drafted into the NFL in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles. After two years in the NFL with the Eagles, he's traded to my Oakland Raiders. After four years in the NFL at the top of his game, he walks out of practice, quits never to play again. Why? He loved being a football player, but he hated playing football. Wow. He got what he wanted, but he hated what he, what he got. And so in our, in our show next week, what we're going to talk about is how to take our lives from successful getting what we want to making sure that we're significant so that we want what we get and don't die with our music still in us. Oh, man, I, t- I tell you what, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, did, I, I thought I heard you say my Raiders. Uh, I, I just want to offer my apologies right now. No, it's okay. You're so funny. If you're a Cowboys fan, we'll talk about that on the air next week. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I tend to vary my favorite team based on the guest, you know, <laughs> so I can yeah. stay ahead of the game. Hey, yeah, Dan, it's, I'm re- I am really looking forward to having you on, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about your book. I'm going to be telling people all about it throughout the week, and I can't wait to have this conversation. Folks, making the transition from just successful to significance, and there's probably no one better equipped on the planet to talk about it than Dan Clark. Dan, thanks for joining me. I'm sorry for the the inconvenience. Have a great week. You bet. We'll see you next week. Talk talk to you later. And I have an advantage over your listeners. I've actually seen you in person, so I know you're a stud muffin hunk of burning love. They only picture you as one. (laughs) Yeah, I I pay extra for that. I pay extra for that marketing. Be good. Oh, my goodness. Dan Clark, one of the truly funny guys I've ever met, and uh, he is the real deal, folks. I kid you not. Uh, Look him up at danclarkspeak.com, and his book, The Art of Significance, is uh, really, really, really incredible. Inspiring, motivating, guy who's done a little bit of everything uh, along the way, and just one of the great speakers you have ever seen. Fantastic show lined up for you today. As I mentioned, that one is next week with Dan Clark, and this week just as good, absolutely. Marissa Levin is going to join us. We're going to talk about one of the hottest topics in business today, and that's corporate culture. We'll talk about how it's influenced by your organization's values, mission, vision, growth strategy, and brand, assuming you have those things in your company. She's written a brand new book called Built to Scale, How Top Companies Companies Create Breakthrough Growth Through Exceptional Advisory Boards. Marissa, in her own right, has has done enormous things, very uh, well-recognized, award-winning, full-service business called Information Experts, and she goes around the country, around the world, talking about culture. You can find her online at SuccessfulCulture.com. Follow her on Twitter, at Marissa Levin, M-A-R-I-S-S-A, Levin, L-E-V-I-N. Marissa, real honor to have you in the locker room. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. We're going to have a great time. Yes, we are. You know, you've you've got a lot of things going, uh, and, and your your area of expertise is something that I care a lot about, and that is corporate culture. And uh, you you're building successful cultures all over the country. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about your background. I know you've got a really successful background, and I'd like to hear a little bit about it and how you got into what you're doing today. Well, so I've been an entrepreneur. Um 
for over 20 years. I actually, my undergraduate degree, surprisingly, is in English with a concentration in Shakespeare. So uh, I didn't exactly follow the traditional entrepreneurial route. I've never really taken a business course. I I have a master's degree in human resources development and education, and I started my first company, Information Experts. It's been 20 years, which is very hard to believe. I started it after working for a man that had capped what my net worth was in his company at a total of $34,000. So I had been working for him for about three years and was generating a lot of money for him, and it was time for me to get a raise. I did an um, exercise where I quantified my value in the marketplace, and I combined that with how much revenue I was generating for him year over year. And when I presented that in my uh, salary review, in my performance review, which was extraordinary, I was actually told that I'd never be worth more than $34,000 to his organization. So it was at that time that I decided, I went home, told my husband about the conversation. We went out to dinner that night to an Italian restaurant that had paper tablecloths. And it was at that dinner that I decided that I should start my own business. We mapped out the whole entire business plan on the paper tablecloth, came up with what the name of the company would be, what the customer, uh, target customer would be, what my value proposition would be, um, and what my products and services and core values would be. And that was my first business plan for information experts. So you fast forward 20 years later, and um, we're a multi-million dollar firm. We serve about a dozen different federal agencies as well as the corporate wor- uh, commercial world. And I actually evolved out of that three years ago because what my real love is is helping other CEOs get to the next level, um, moving them forward, taking them from triage to transformation. And I wanted to work with CEOs of their own companies rather than running a government contracting firm. So I launched my second company three years ago, and I'm running that now. Yeah, and that led to your new book, Built to Scale, How Top Companies Create breakthrough growth through exceptional advisory boards. And you've really gotten on to something of a niche here with regards to advisory boards. Tell me about that transition as well. Well, it's interesting because uh, I guess it was about four years ago at Information Experts, we hit several different growth plateaus. And at one point, I really was stuck in terms of how we get from like the $7.5 million mark to the $10 million mark. And I just felt that inside our organization, we were running faster uh, and than, than our infrastructure really was set up for. And, and it was very important, you know, when you build a company, and especially when you start, you don't have any processes in place. You're really running on a dream. And so the most important thing that a company can do early on is to put as many processes and systems in place so that you don't become hero-centric. The, one of the most dangerous things of any company is to become hero-centric, where the success of the company rests on the shoulders of one or just a few key people. And so as I looked around my company, we, I just felt that we didn't have enough processes, even though we were generating a lot of revenue, and I wanted to really standardize our processes. And so in order to do that, you need to learn from other people who have gone there before you. And one of my mentors had said to me, have you thought about an advisory board? And when I went to do my research on advisory boards, there was lots of information that you should do it, and there was no information on there on how you do it. And so I'm, I'm very process-oriented, and basically I created a model called SCALE, how you select, compensate, associate, leverage, and then evaluate, evolve, and exit, how you basically build an advisory board from you know beginning 
to end, and I created the, the scale model. I put it all together in a book, and, and I created a complete appendix full of templates that basically gives any business owner a board in a box um, to basically build their own advisory board. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Marissa Levin is our guest, and you can find her in a couple of places, SuccessfulCulture.com, also InformationExperts.com as well. Her brand-new book, Built to Scale, that's, it's pretty amazing because, uh, like you, I do a lot of work with clients, and I was having that conversation this morning when you use that word hero-centric. Uh, doing strategic planning with a client this morning, and uh, like a lot of entrepreneurial companies, Marissa, uh, the leader of the company is basically the company, and, and that transition from being the person pulling the cart to having other people pull the cart while they do other things, is that's a tremendous transition, and most CEOs or entrepreneurs or small business owners, they live very much on an island. They, they really need that board, that advisory board, to help them to the next level, don't they? Well, they do, but, you know, it's interesting. The average 10-year length for a CEO is actually seven years. And the reason for that is that, you know, and I'm doing this right now with my second company. When we start a company, we're doing it because we really want to monetize a passion, right? So we're passionate about something. We want to make a change. We want to be a catalyst to help other people get from where they are now to where they want to be and whatever that looks like. And if we're successful, what happens is that we end up hiring people, we end up putting out in infrastructure, we end up putting in process. And the truth is, is that the CEO, if they're successful, they end up evolving themselves out of a job. And so that's really what happened to me at Information Experts. It took a lot longer than seven years because I was very engaged. But as the company grew, really my my value and and the way I was needed on a day-to-day basis continued to diminish. And it was my executive team that was calling all the shots. It was our billable people that was actually executing on all the work. And it really got to the point where as, uh, our, cu- as our customer culture changed, the government client c- culture changed, it became much more price-centric instead of value-centric. And that ended up not actually matching what my core values are. And that was one of the reasons why I put in a succession plan to evolve out of information experts because I was seeing, I I had a disconnect. I mean, you know, I didn't see eye to eye with my customer in terms of what their core value system was, and therefore I didn't feel that I was qualified to be leading a government contracting firm because I didn't agree with where the government was going. And so the executive team that was in place, they they were actually much more qualified to lead the company at that point than I was, and we created a very methodical succession plan to evolve me out. And now I'm just chairman of the company and it's and it's thriving and I'm and I'm really enjoying the CEO to CEO work that I'm doing to help other CEOs build their best companies. Yeah, you you really have a passion for corporate culture and, and mm-hmm. I have to tell you, in my experience I find that most people understand that culture is important, but most people really don't understand how to go about creating the one that they want, or, or they're not able to implement something that really makes sense for their particular company. Why do you think that is? Well, I, th- I think one of the main reasons is that when they start a company, they don't start with the three basic fundamental building blocks, which are important for anything, um, and those are the values, the mission, and the vision. And those three things, and, you know, that's an exercise that when I work with my CEO clients and their leadership teams, it is the very first thing that I ask about. You know, what are your values? What is your mission? What are your vision? They'll say, 
Oh, we have all those, but they're typically living in a drawer. I mean, how do they show up in every single decision? So the core value system needs to drive the mission. It needs to drive the vision. It needs to drive every hire you make, the customers that you work with, the partners, um, how you position yourself in the market, what products and services you provide. Everything should stem and emanate from your core value system. And if you don't have those three things, then the decisions you end up making end up being in a reactive mode where a customer will come along and if you you know if you're not guided by basically a, a compass, you know, then you're gonna just take whatever comes along. You're gonna take the low hanging fruit. You don't have any type of guideline to help you make the right business decisions. So most companies I think don't really um, walk the walk when it comes to the whole core value system approach. And if they start there, that's where their culture is going to flow from. Yeah, I, t- I tell you, it's, uh, I-, I live in the same world that you do on, on many occasions. And-, and it is interesting to me how many people, as you mentioned, have their core values you know, stuck on a wall or hidden in a drawer somewhere. And, and one of the most revealing things uh, to do is to ask uh, a corporate leader, executive, or anybody on the executive team or the owner, what are your core values? And when they have to go look at the wall to find out what they are, Marissa, that's probably not a good sign, is it? <laughs> yeah, and it isn't just the executives. I mean, you know, everybody should know them and they should all be you know be they should all be living them they really should and yet if, if even your executives don't know what they are clearly we can't expect uh, employees to, to know what they are before our break we've got just a couple of minutes before we go to break there you hear people use those words a lot of times mission vision and values and I don't think they always mean the same thing to everyone we tend to you know take those things for granted I want to come back on the other side and talk about mis- mis- mission and vision but tell me about values when you when you use that word what do you mean core values is are you uh, you know there's so many ways that term is sort of bandied about what what does it mean to you so actually, I have a lot of I have pretty in-depth exercises that I perform, or I have my clients to uh, you know um, go through when we're creating their core values. And it's basically uh, you know how do you want to show up in the business environment? What do you want people to think you stand for? Um, what types of customers are you going to work with? You cannot be a lowest-priced organization and also be a highest-value organization. So really, it's you know what are you going to stand for? And based on, on that, those are the choices that you make. I'm going to actually pull up, while I'm talking to you, some of the tools that I use to, um, you know, that I, that I use with my clients, and I can answer those questions for you. Well, let's hold that over to the break sure. because we're right up against it. That's good stuff. Melissa, or Marissa rather, Marissa Levin is our guest, and uh, I'm really excited to have her because she brings a, a, a distinct voice to the conversation about corporate culture and the corporate workplace. Marissa and I are talking about uh, the business locker room. We're talking about a ladies' version of the business locker room, yeah. a perspective from from women with regards to the uh, sort of the transition between sports and, and corporate performance and how those things go together. I'm excited to talk about that. We're going to do it after the break, though. We're going to take a short time out. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll talk to Marissa some more. Stay with me. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to The Business Locker Room on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, 
one-on-one management, what every great manager knows that you don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Yeah, great to have you back in the business locker room. Later in the show, the X's and O's segment. Miles Austin, the web tools guy, he'll join us, and we'll talk about a cool new tool. I, I'm really excited to talk to Miles about this. He introduced it to me last week. It's called Authority Spy, authorityspy.com, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have that conversation in, in the latter part of the show. Brought to you, as always, by 4D Sales. Find them at 4dsales.com. We're in a conversation with Marissa Levin of Information Experts and her website, SuccessfulCulture.com. And before the break, Marissa, we began uh, sort of have this conversation about women in business. One of the things you shared with me is that corporate America is losing their female executives in droves. In fact, it's not just a corporate issue. It's a societal issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've started a program to begin to address these uh, th- this issues. But talk, talk a little bit about it. Yeah, actually, we're rolling it out this spring, and it's going to be rolling out to corporate America. Um, we're going to start with the Fortune 500s, but this is definitely a need also in the small and medium-sized business marketplace. So I've developed a program called WILL. It's Women Integrating Life and Leadership. And the reason that we're doing this is because society is now struggling with an epidemic of elder care as well as child care. And so for the women that are sandwiched in between, and this is me, I mean, I'm talking about myself. I'm 48 years old. I'm the mom of two sons, ages 17 and 14. Um, You know, I'm a 20-year business owner. I'm a cancer survivor. And over the last three years, I, too, became an expert in the devastating emotional, logistical, and financial impacts of elder care and taking care of my mom. So I'm, I'm doing this from the perspective of a parent, um, a, a mother, a professional, a woman. And what's happening in corporate America is that the attrition rate of women who have spent, you know, 10, 15, 20, even 25 years climbing the corporate ladder, they're finding themselves in positions now where they have to take care of their parents, they have to take care of their spouses, they may be ill, they have to take care of their kids, and they just cannot work 50, 60 hours a week. And they're just saying, you know what, forget it and they're quitting. And so these companies are literally investing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars 
in these executives and grooming them and training them, and they're gaining all this institutional knowledge, and they're walking out the door. So the Women Integrating Life and Leadership Program is an 18-month curriculum that we um, have developed, and it will be rolling out to companies as an education program, as a recruitment tool, as a retention tool. And what we've learned, Kelly, over, over through all of our research is not only do these care management programs stop the attrition or stem the attrition, it also helps with absenteeism because employees that go through care management programs actually have lower absentee rates because their own stress and health is improved. And so there's so many ripple effects from being able to provide a support system, and there's nothing out there at all, which is why Will is going to provide a, whole, a, a huge gap. And I just want to mention, the, you know, the main reason that this is so timely and so needed is that there are three trends that I've identified that are really pushing women to the brink. The first one is that the clear delineation between home life and work life isn't just disappearing, it's actually gone. In fact, LinkedIn surveyed 18,000 employees in 26 countries, and 80% of those respondents said technology was essential to work-life balance. However, 70% admit that that technology actually seeps into their personal lives. So the eight-hour day is over. The second thing is that, and I'm sure every parent that is on the line listening to you can identify with this. Kids are overscheduled, which means that parents are overscheduled. So kids literally from like pre-K through 12th grade, they're now expected to excel in music, sports, drama, community service, academic competitions, clubs, while doing well in their studies. And guess what? All of these activities require transportation, supervision, volunteerism, attendance, and a financial commitment from the parent. And then the third trend is, like I mentioned, the elder care, which is an epidemic, and it does affect women the most. And, in fact, I will tell you that um, 73% of women um, had to take time off go in late, or take a sabbatical or a leave of absence in order to care for their kids um, throughout the year. So that, those are statistics from the National Alliance for Caregiving. Um, so it's just we are in an epidemic, and these women need support. And so this is something that is what I has a very return, a high return on heartbeat for me, a high <laughs> ROH. And yes. it's, you know, that's just as important as an ROI to me, to have a very high ROH. And I want to make sure that the women in corporate America get the support and the education, the tools, and the community they need to integrate life and leadership. Well, I tell you, I, w- I want to tell the people that are listening, uh, whether you're listening live or you're catching this on a podcast later, that you, you, you don't want to dismiss this because it becomes extremely important. This is not just a feel-good kind of issue. Mm-hmm. Strictly from a, a, If you're strictly from a selfish viewpoint, one of the things we know is that employee engagement directly translates to increased profits, productivity, safety, and eliminates turnover turnover, reduces turnover, those kinds of things. One of the questions that I uh, pose to clients quite often in my own consulting work is, I, I will ask a true-false question, I'll ask it this way, true or false, when employees have problems at home, they bring those problems to work, true or false. In eight years of asking that question, 100% of the time, everyone in the room says absolutely, positively true. 
These are the kinds of problems we're often talking about. Home life problems, kids are overscheduled, kids problems, health problems, those kinds of things. Elder care is certainly a part of that. You mentioned being a cancer survivor. All of those kinds of things impact the engagement level of employees. And the fact of the matter is, Marissa, you know probably better than I do, if we're not paying attention to those things, it is dramatically impacting the performance of the business. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And the thing is, these aren't going away. I mean, you know, the the uh, life expectancy continues to climb, right? Um, the financial burden continues to climb. We're having issues, you know, Alzheimer's continues to climb. Dementia continues to climb. Cancer continues to climb. The caregiving re- requirements are going to continue to increase, and they're going to continue to fall on on the children. It just it is what it is. Um, but then those children also have children of their own, and they have to be working, you know, much later into their own life because their life expectancy is longer. So how do, you know, women, it's really interesting, Kelly. Um, we spent, we've spent so many years talking about leaning in and getting to the next level and continuing to climb. Well, guess what? We're now here. We're at that level that we've been climbing towards, and we can't keep up with it. We can't balance it all. So my objective with women integrating life and leadership is, like I said, to give them the education, the tools, the community, the support uh, to find a way to integrate both life and leadership because it's not going to go away. It's not going to get any easier, and this is the new reality. And it isn't just a corporate culture issue. I will tell you, if you look at IBM, Booz Allen, Deloitte, Morgan Stanley, AOL, you look at any of the companies anywhere, they are all dealing with women executives that have to have work-life integration. This is a societal issue. This isn't just a corporate culture issue, but the organizations have the burden of somehow providing the support. So that's what we're going to help them do. Much more about uh, her program, Marissa's program, Will. Women Integrating Life and Leadership. We'll talk much more about that in the future. Before I let you go right, from today's show. In the women's locker room. In the yeah, in the women's yeah. locker room. Well, uh, before I let you go, though, before the break, we were talking about mission, vision, and values and yes. the impact on culture. Value is so important. People need to know who they are. They need to define who they are. But mission and vision, I find, often are, are, are quite misunderstood by people. My theory is that uh, 20 years ago, somebody came back from a corporate retreat and figured out that every company needed a mission, vision, and value statement. And they wrote a book and everybody read it and said, we've got to have one too. So they ran out and they spend two or three days at an off-site resort and they kill a bunch of trees to make a bunch of notebooks and they create their mission, vision, values, and then they go back to work and forget all about them. And they really don't even understand the distinction between the two. What What is the difference between the company mission and the company's vision. Help, help the audience understand the distinction and why they're important to culture. Okay, so um, do we have time? Do, do I have 30 seconds to go over the values real quick because that's going to answer the question for the mission? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so when you clarify your organizational values, here are the questions that you need to answer, and I'll be happy to provide this for your listeners because um, these are part of my worksheets. So you want to answer what do we stand for, what behaviors would mirror our values, how do we treat our employees, how do we treat our customers, what are the core values that are important to us even more so than profits, how do we want to treat each other at work, um, how do we, um, what do we offer our employees for their work effort, effort, efforts, 
How do we want to be seen by the community? What attitudes do we want to see in our employees? So these are some of the questions. And once you answer those, they're going to end up leading to what the company mission is. And the company mission answers one question. Why do we exist? That's the main question that the mission answers. It's why do we exist? And the, the vision is um, where are we going? It's, those are the two questions. Why do we exist and where are we going? It, 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 does, it just doesn't get any simpler. So, you know, mission statement will answer why do we exist, what business are we in, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the vision statement is, you know, where are we going, what is our preferred future? And the interesting thing about it is, is the mission should be static. It really should never change. Uh, why do we exist? Should be always a, a very consistent in terms of direction. That sort of north star. But the vision definitely can change as people reach a, a piece of that vision or accomplish what they've set out to do. That's the next horizon that people can then aspire to. That is correct. And the mission statement should basically answer three questions: What do we do? How do we do it? And for whom do we do it? Those are the three questions that a mission statement should answer. What do we do? How do we do it? And for whom do we do it? Well, here's the the $64,000 question then. Why, Marissa, do I need to have all of that in order to create a company culture? I mean, mean, can't can't I have a company? In fact, we have a company culture. We don't have those things. What's wrong with uh, the way I'm doing it now? How would you answer that question? Every company has a culture. I mean, it, you can't, you, it, it's like, it's the organizational DNA. It's the thumbprint. You, you might not intentionally create a culture, but you have a culture. If you don't have the mission, the vision, and the values, you don't have a, a moral compass. You don't have a roadmap in terms of where you're going. You don't have a clear definition of what you stand for. So you probably have a culture of chaos. Mm-hmm. You have a culture of reactive behavior, but every company has a culture. Whether or not it's a healthy culture is, is another story, but a culture is an organization's DNA. It just exists, and how much intention you put behind that, that's up to you. Yeah, I think that's really the key word. You're talking about moving from accidental to intentional. You're, you're talking about actually creating a kind of culture that rather than reacting and being in crisis mode and, and everybody kind of runs their own direction, we're trying to line up all the ducks and get them flying in the same direction. Yeah, and, you know, I'll tell you with information experts, one of the thing that, things that has always been consistent because of how I live my life is the whole work-life integration right? So like one of our values is responsible flexibility. I don't have time to be a babysitter, okay? But I recognize recognize that work is one piece of a larger framework that we call life, all right? So I want my people to work hard. I want my people to work smart. I want them to be committed. But I also recognize that they have to integrate this into a larger framework that is their overall life. And so that's why responsible flexibility those words are very, very intentional. And in fact, when I do a lot of, um, I, you know, I, I do the mission, the vision, and the values for all of my clients. I will not work with a client unless we're able to start with that. And, I'll, and I can, I don't know how much time we have, but I can give you advice of how the term integrity shows up differently for five different types of companies. Wow, yeah, we want to do that one in the future because that that is going to be a fantastic conversation. So many companies 
looking for some of the answers about culture and how they go about creating that culture. She's been featured in Smart CEO Magazine. She's also been featured in Profiles and Success, Inspiration from Executive Leaders. Uh, she's an award-winning executive in her own right, a very successful company. And now she's out uh, on her own, Marissa Levin, our guest. You can find her at SuccessfulCulture.com. Follow her on Twitter, at Marissa Levin. We're going to have her back on a regular basis and, and talk more about these issues and more about the impact uh, that women have in business because clearly all the things that you you discussed, uh, Marissa, as we close is there there is a disproportionate impact of these life issues on women in the workplace. Whether I, I don't know if we want to admit that or not, but to me it's pretty clear. It's, I mean, it just is. 70% of the caregivers are women. It, it, it's not... You know, it's not a work issue. Like I said, it's a society issue. However, you know, remember during the recession, a lot of the um, of the male um, jobs were eliminated, and the women's jobs went up. And there are actually more women in the workforce now than there are men. But yet, it's still the women that are the caregivers. And so we're kind of getting it on both sides. And Kelly, I have to commend you for uh, you also having the vision. When we first had our conversation and we came up with the idea of the women's locker room, I really have to commend you, Kelly, as a man, um, recognizing that your women leader, your women listeners, they need this input. And women have different leadership and business issues and questions and challenges and requirements. And I think it's amazing that you and I are going to partner and we're going to give them the women's locker room for them to have a place to have their own conversation. You know, I, I think that you, you've hit on the head. There are places where men and women leaders, they definitely intersect. They have the same challenges, the same issues, the same objectives. But there are places where they diverge as well. And they have to deal with some different types of issues and challenges and, and I think it's really interesting to bring that perspective uh, to, to our listeners. And, and hopefully, from my perspective, we, we grow the number of, uh, together, we grow the number of female listeners that we have out there. Great to have you on board, Marissa. Thanks for joining me. Looking forward to much more in the future. Me too. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Very good. Marissa Levin, you'll find her online, as I mentioned, at SuccessfulCulture.com. We're going to take a time out. We're going to come back on the other side with my very good friend Miles Austin and find out what his weather is like up there in the Pacific Northwest. I, if it's if it's gotten cold and rainy, maybe see how the Seahawks are doing. The X's and O's segment is always brought to you by 4D Sales, and we'll talk more about them on the other side of the break. This is uh, the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'm Kelly Riggs. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, 
career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. You are listening to the Business Locker Room. I am your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, follow me at Twitter, Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs. And of course, you can always find us, bizlockerroom.com. Great to have you guys on board with us as we uh, thank, by the way, Marissa Levin. Man, I am excited about uh, what we're going to do in the future because as she pointed out to me as uh, we were, we were uh, hanging up on the call, uh, she said, this, this, isn't a, this is not a women's issue. It's not a men's issue. It's, it's just a societal issue because all of these things impact both men and women equally. They have to deal with them perhaps in different ways, but uh, I'm excited to have her on board. Next week, as I mentioned, Dan Clark will join us. And if you get a chance, pick up his book, The Art of Significance. I can promise you, you will not regret it. We turn to uh, the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. And this week, we're going to talk about Authority Spy at AuthoritySpy.com. This segment brought to you, as always, by 4D Sales. Miles and I are both big fans of 4D Sales at 4DSales.com. They have created one of the really fantastic sales tools. It's a tablet-based tool. You can use it on your iPad or your Windows 8 device. It's, it's something that salespeople have always wanted, a place to put all of your information all at one time and to make it interactive and visually appealing and available anywhere now, whether you're talking price lists or PDFs of, of important information, brochures, even slide decks, live web pages, videos, you name it. Put all those things together in a package that looks like when you're looking at your photos on your iPhone or iPad. You can just scroll between those, find the thing you want, pop it right up. It's always available. The cool part, now available as an enterprise-wide version of that product. And that means as a business owner, sales manager, executive, you can have all of the information for every single salesperson in the cloud. And when you update it, when you change it, when you go to new things, it's automatically available to everyone who has that tool at their disposal. It creates consistency and it makes sure that it solves one of those problems that I uh, ran across a lot as a sales manager, that all of your salespeople have all of the latest information, the latest iterations of those information all at the same time. Find them at 4dsales.com, our good friends over there. Thanks to Brian Carpenter and the crew. And uh, we turn our attention to Miles Austin. Hey, let's talk Authority Spy. This is a this is a really cool tool. Give us the summary. What is Authority Spy? Kelly, Authority Spy is, I believe, the most powerful software you can have for finding and analyzing influential people on the web. And I don't care whether you have local businesses only or you're an international company, or you sell internationally, or market internationally, the challenge, and I think we'd all agree, is you want to find the most important, the most influential people in the company, in the industry, um, in your geography, on that topic. And that's what Authority Spy helps you find in ways that no other software tool out there can do. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting tool. And by the way, as a side note, a little behind the scenes, inside baseball knowledge here, uh, we, we do this over Skype and we work through a studio in a different location. And there are times when I pull up a web page and it's got some sound on it and it goes comes blasting into my headphones. And Michael, that doesn't go out over the air, does it? I mean, do people hear that? Get my engineer on the other side. Michael, you there? Uh, no? They, they can't hear that. Okay, well, that's good because I've done it twice now and it absolutely freaks me out. Uh, and, and when you pull up authoritiespy.com, the first thing you get is people talking in your ear. So you're trying to locate uh, influential people in, in your niche. Now, let's assume for a second um, that I am a sales rep in a particular industry. How would I, how would I use this? Would I use it to find decision makers or uh, how, how would you go about using this as a tool in the sales arena, Miles? Uh, great question, and and yes, you can do that. What I would recommend, though, is more than just those people that work or that are tied to it. I think the key word here is the influencers, because what Authority Spy does. I'll just use an example. If I want to sell to Pepsi, to Pepsi Cola, I can just use Pepsi Cola as the search term, as the keyword, if you will, within Authority Spy, and it'll go out to the web and bring up everyone that is as is a PepsiCola.com. Uh, domain um, connection. The benefit, though, is, and I don't know about you, Kelly, but in my career, many times I thought, I'm not getting the traction that I thought I was. The person I'm talking to, that I'm presenting to, that I'm, quote, selling to, seems to get it, but for some reason I've got some hesitation or delay in my sales process. The reason in almost every case was there is an influencer inside the company, inside the division, and sometimes outside of the formal corporate structure who's holding this back or delaying the decision or maybe, very frankly, moving a decision in a different direction. So what Authority Spy gives me the ability to do is to identify identify not only the players but also the influencers who aren't necessarily logically tied to that company, to that activity, or to that industry. Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic tool. I, I know that uh, in, in the sales world, we're typically, when we're training salespeople, Miles, we're teaching them that one of the most important things you can do inside the sales process is to identify all the influencers. I think there's probably not a salesperson alive who hasn't got a, a particular opportunity to the one-inch line. It feels like it's just ready to happen and then you find out it didn't happen, and you don't know why until later. It turns out that someone that you did not know about has influenced that sale. And I think you, you've put your finger on it. Many times we can feel that that's the problem, but we don't know who that person is. Well, here's a tool that you can go in and use very specific search terms and actually find out who is, influence, uh, who is influential in a particular space. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the key is, again, I think most of us, most of the listeners are in a relationship-based business. The the relationship matters, right? It's not just a a transactional thing. You never meet each other. You need to develop those relationships. And I found if I can have good relationships with people in and outside of a company, I need to know who they are. I need to have them identified. And it's not an overnight process, right? I have to put a game plan in place. I have to put strategy and tactics in place. I would like to connect to them over LinkedIn or Twitter, whatever it might be. And Authority Spy just helps to narrow that down quite a bit and then give me automatic links to be able to go do that, to follow their Twitter feed, to, to uh, you know find what the blog is and what they're writing about or what they're saying about the company or the industry. 
Yeah, and here's one of the really neat parts. Let me let me give an example. You know, you can localize this. So if I'm in in Tulsa where I live, and I'm looking for real estate agents in Tulsa, I can simply put in there real estate agents in Tulsa. Now, typically, I would do that in Google if I was trying to find somebody. But by using Authority Spy, I can find people with their their blogs and their Facebook page, their business Facebook pages, and all of these things. And what Authority Spy does is give me some sense of the impact and the influence that they're having in the digital world, which is a little bit of a different uh, look than I might get on Google. For instance, if they're buying ad placement, they may pop up to the top in Google, whereas they may not have that kind of impact in the digital world. And that kind of gives you a different perspective. It does. And I think it's important that we all understand that, look, our customers are doing it to us right now. They're going to the web, they're searching, they're trying to figure out where do I play and where do I stack up against my competition and where do I stack up in an industry? Do I have best of breed? Are people talking about it in a positive way? Are people talking about what I do and my product and my company and myself in a negative way? It is all important and it's helpful to know and I'm always of the opinion if I can go in armed with this information in advance, I'm way ahead of my competition and I'm there to help serve my customer in a more effective way. Yeah, you know, no question about that. And I think one of the other real positives here is I can also use Authority Spy to see where I fit into the marketplace that, that I work in. For instance, if I'm a graphic artist uh, in the city of Seattle, I might type in Seattle graphic artist and I'm going to get a real sense of the the the, the digital influence through blogs and Facebook and Twitter and Google and, and Clout Score and everything else of the people that are operating in my particular uh, area of expertise. 100% right. And I think sometimes we, we talk, you know, we have self talk. We, we tell ourselves, boy, we're doing great. We own this thing, man. We got it nailed. But the fact is, a tool like Authority Spy can go out there and it's going to tell you the facts. It's going to take all the baloney out of the way, it's going to take all the fluff, and it's going to give you a all of the facts based on all of the social media platforms, the big ones, with the exception of LinkedIn, um, which we can talk about if, if necessary. But other than that, it's going to give you all that so you can get a weighted feel. And you might say, you know what? I am at the top of my game. I'm number one in this search and in this list uh, within Authority Spy. And if you're number one on that list, I'll assure you, you've earned that right. But many times it's a great way to point out we've got some areas we need to work on that we can spend some time on. We might need to do a little bit more work on our blog. Maybe our Twitter presence isn't where it needs to be. In, and when we get into and I'll make sure we, we identify the special opportunity for our listeners before we leave today, Kelly, um, you can go in and you can actually get it, including things like Clout Score and all the others. So there's really a good opportunity there to really get a feel for where you are in your industry what your customers will perceive you to be, and they are checking it, as I said, um, and at the same time to understand who the people are that are going to be influencers in your business and in your activities. Yeah, let's address the question that uh, you sort of implied. Authority Spy aggregates uh, information from a number of sources, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Google blog posts, uh, Clout, Alltop, Technorati. There, there's a bunch of them there, but it does not include LinkedIn. Why is that? Well, it's it's unfortunate in my opinion, and believe me, um, the team at Authority Spy would love to have it. Um, LinkedIn made a decision roughly six months back to shut off a, what's called API or kind of the back-end hook access to their data and to that engine uh, to all companies with the exception of three. They're using it right now with Salesforce, 
with Microsoft, and I don't even recall the third. So that what they've done is all these companies, and I think um, you know companies like Nimble and a lot of these social media tools um, that used to have open access no longer do. So that's simply LinkedIn's decision to say, no, we're not going to let anyone else have access other than these three big companies who I can assure you are spending a lot of money to have that access. Yeah, no question about that. What do you, is it strictly a money issue from your perspective? You think that's what it is, or is there something else at work there? No, I think. Well, I think it's money. It's marketing. It's it's that partnering. It's like okay, if as an example for CRM tools, you re, they either want you to use Salesforce or Microsoft Dynamics, right? Right. I have my own opinions of both, but the reality is those are your two choices if you want to integrate with LinkedIn. I think it's a mistake. I think eventually, I think you're going to see it change. I think the world of big data that we're living in is going to prove to them that's a big mistake. But, you know, they're, they're big kids and they can do what they want to do. Um, before we get too close to the end, I just want to make sure for the listeners, if you go to authorityspy.com, put a slash and put miles, M-I-L-E-S, after the end of that. For one specific reason, Kelly, and that is that the promotion um, ended, but I've asked them to keep it up through today for the show. What it is, is you're going to be able to save a ton of money. Uh, it pays for itself in si- less than six months. If you go to authorityspy.com slash miles, you're going to be able to buy the platinum version of this software, which is a lifetime license. You pay a one-time fee, and you get all the updates. You get all the advanced features uh, that you don't get with the other programs that are less, the other options that are less. So, uh, you pay a one-time fee and less than six months, you're to the good for the rest of the time you own your tool. Well, and, and perhaps even less than that, Miles. Tell us what the price is. It's well, it's a um, when you go buy it on the on the site without putting the miles at the end, it's forty-seven dollars, and then there's a monthly fee for seventeen dollars a month, right? Right. So the promotion when you put the slash miles, you get lifetime access to the platinum level. It's $147, and that's it. You right. get it so, for life. Yeah, so you recoup the $17 a month in six months. But I, what I'm going to suggest to people is if you're, if you're in a sales business or if you're just in business, Authority Spy is an absolutely indispensable tool. You need to add it to your arsenal. And I think that the company that has it, the salesperson that has it, automatically gives themselves an advantage. Every salesperson I've ever met has gone through that uh, scenario where they're trying to find a connection, they're trying to find uh, an email to connect to, they're trying to, you know, find out who's influential and the, and it's just it's that it's too much of a heavy lifting exercise. Authority Spike does it for you. All you have to do is find one connection that leads you to the right referral and you've more than paid for this thing many times over. Absolutely, and it's it's project based. You can save as many of these projects or searches with keywords as you want. You can, have, you can have one for each company, one for each industry, one for each geography. It's unlimited when you get the platinum level, and I, it, it really is an amazing tool um, that's become a permanent part of, of my landscape. All right, good stuff from Miles Austin. That'll do it for the X's No segment. Thank you to 4D Sales at 4DSales.com, and special thanks to Marissa Levin for joining us in today's show. Remember, next week, don't miss it, Dan Clark, The Art of Significance. Special thanks to Michael Sergit, our engineer. Always makes us sound better than we really do. Brandy Jackson is our executive producer. We'll see you next time. Visit us at bizlockerroom.com. I'm Kelly Riggs, and we'll see you next week in the Business Locker Room.
Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.